Hello kids, welcome back to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's professional wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. This week on the show, I have two big babyface interviews for you. If you, like me, love a good babyface, hey, here's a couple. Up first, Don and I, Glitterati member Don Halwell, we chat, finally, been waiting for like a month and a half. We chat with French Canadian superstar, the sweetest pea, Christara. Christara's been making a big name for herself this year in Montreal for promotions like IWS, in Ottawa for promotions like C4. She became first woman to hold tag team gold in IWS history. She ranks 233 on the PWI, women's 250, and she just made her American debut last month. We talk about all that and about what she's learned training under Speedball Mike Bailey. Then, bonus content, because we love you, an archive interview from the Grin and Glitter archives never before aired here on this podcast. It's me, back in May of 2021, chatting with Abby Jane. I chat with Abby Jane about summer vacation, about the lost, our lost love, Camp Leapfrog, and a bunch of other fun little things in that interview as well. So this week on the show, Christara and Abby Jane, thank you for listening. As always, follow us on Instagram or Twitter or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. And we will be back next week to cover AEW Full Gear. We are joined by French-Canadian superstar, up-and-coming legend, the Sweetest Pea, Christara. Where did the nickname the Sweetest Pea come from? Because that doesn't seem like the kind of nickname you're allowed to give yourself. Yeah, it's funny. People always ask me that because nicknames are hard to come come by. Like, you know, like, you just feel silly. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, but I'm not this person. You know, you can't just, like, it feels unnatural. But it was actually something out of wrestling. It was like my friends, they just would call me like, oh, you're such a sweet pea. Like, oh, you're the sweetest pea. And I just like kind of like brought it to wrestling and it just kind of became who I was. You know? Uh, so it was like, yeah, it was destiny, truly. It was just destiny. It was a little bit of me. And I was like, all right, well, let's just be the sweetest pea, but like enhance it for wrestling. See, now the downside is if you go to WWE, they're going to give you like green pea clothing and make you like eating peas in your promos and just go like really really obvious with it right they'll do too much i always get kind of told like oh my god you don't wear enough green you know like you're the sweetest pea i was like actually my first year i did wear green but it's like you know there's just so many colors out there i don't want to be eating peas and stuff like you said maybe one day i'll grow out of the nickname so let's let's go back to back to the beginning back to the i'm gonna say early 2000s when you got into wrestling because you were a kid right 
Yeah, I was a kid in the early 2000s, yeah. And I know you were introduced to wrestling via video games. Who's your go-to wrestler that you always played as? It was always Lita. Like, I loved her. She just looked so, like, you know, like, just like a badass. So I was like, who is she? And, you know, it kind of, like, made me explore more about wrestling. But she just, like, really, like, when you take one look at her, you know, she looks like a superstar. So I love to play as her. Even though the women were always rated, like, 60 versus the men, like, 90, I still tried my best. So video games were your were your entry point before finally, like, I guess, then just stumbling across it on TV or you had cousins, you had family members who were watching it as well as playing the games? Yeah, so, like, my cousins would watch it and my uncles would tape it on, like, VHS. And then after playing the video games, like, I guess I just started watching it at home. Like, my dad watched it, too, but he watched, like, all sports. Like, he wasn't, like, a, a big wrestling fan, but he just, like, watched it, you know, Friday night, SmackDown, okay, but he wasn't, like, invested in it. But then I got, like, really into it. And then I don't even know what it was. But then I just started, like, I was kind of obsessed with it. And it was, like, there was not a show that I did not miss. Like, I would watch Monday, Friday. I'd watch Impact. I'd just be, like, constantly, like, everything was wrestling my whole life. All I would talk about. I'd invite friends over, beat them up. You know, like, that was my life. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask if you had, like, a lot of friends who were into it. Because I'm about 10 years. I think Don and I are both about 10 years older than you. So... I was into wrestling as a kid here in Toronto, but it was like the mid nineties. And so it felt like wrestling was everywhere. You know, they're doing yeah. events at the, at the giant baseball stadiums. They were, it was on every major channel, which not so much these days, like it's not so much in the mainstream infrastructure. So did, did you still have like, a, is it still popular among kids? That's what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> I would say like among kids. Yeah. Like when I was in like, primary school it was like popular like people knew who the characters were but as I got older like high school I didn't really talk about it because it was like oh you like wrestling like oh it's fake type of thing right like it's not something like you would tell people because people would just like be annoying about it but like everyone always knew that I liked wrestling because I literally went to like you know when they have those like grade six grad things like everybody went out and was like I want to be a doctor I want to be this and I was like the one person that stuck out because I was like I want to be a pro wrestler so like everybody knew that about me but I kind of stopped talking about it because it just wasn't, it wasn't cool anymore, you know? So, like, you knew whenever you were a kid that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, like, I always wanted to, but it just felt like a dream type of thing, right? Because I didn't really know anything about the indies because my family, they liked wrestling, but they kind of stopped liking wrestling. Like, I guess kind of when it became, like, a little, like, in the, like, later 2000s, I guess, like, some people stopped watching it. And it just naturally, as you get older, some people fall out of it too, right? But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was the question again? Because you didn't know, you didn't know about like the indies and stuff like that. You oh were yeah. I didn't know about the indies because yeah, no one around me watched wrestling. Yeah, basically. So I was like the only one, like right now I feel like I'm the only one that's still really into it. Like when I started, but I just stopped caring, like, you know, about if other people liked it or not. Yeah. Because how do you find, I think the only, my entry point to like the indie scene was literally I saw a commercial for Ring of Honor airing at 1 a.m. Sunday nights on, like, Fox 29 Buffalo. We got the Buffalo, New York cable feed up here. And I was like, oh, wrestling. I And wait, I think that's the company that Kevin Owens came from. Oh, I should, like, tape it so I can watch it, like, Monday when I get home from school. And that was like, yeah. that's it, because how else are you going to find out about the indies? Or unless you see, like, a... a, a a poster taped on a, st- a street pole downtown 
Yeah, exactly. Like I had no idea. I didn't, I have no one that watched it. So there was no one to like bring me to a show or social media. Like people had Twitter and stuff, but it wasn't like the way it is now where you would follow a wrestler and they would promote it the way that they do now and watch it on IWTV. Like it wasn't like that. It's like if you're lucky, it was on YouTube. And it was actually only when I was in um, university, I went to Concordia, downtown Montreal, and I saw an IWS poster. And then like eventually I, I went to IWS, but it was like that was the only time it was in my 20s. It was my first time seeing a a poster and I was like this has been happening for years I had no idea it was right there that close you know I didn't know it existed so you graduate university in the in the midst of a global pandemic and yeah you decide you know what now's the t- now's the time I'm finally gonna go give this thing a shot I need to do this if I don't I'm gonna regret it and IWS obviously like the biggest yeah the biggest game in town so it makes sense to start off start off there yeah, I honestly like I didn't even know that how big IWS was. Like I just like I said, I had I had no idea anything about indie wrestling. Like I had heard of like a few people, like I knew of Shimmer and stuff like that because I really liked women's wrestling, but I had no idea of the Montreal scene. So it was actually it's kind of funny. Like I was on Reddit because I just like go on Reddit, and I remember being on like the Reddit Montreal school, <laughs> Reddit like school like for like wrestling, and I asked like, oh, like, is there a school in Montreal? And like someone random on Reddit told me IWS is really good, and that's actually how I ended up messaging IWS. Like I had no idea like what I was signing up for, and that I was going to a good school. I just like was like pushing myself because I made so many excuses like, oh, I'm working, oh, I'm in school, I can't do it. So during the pandemic, I was kind of doing nothing. And I graduated, so I was like, well, you know, if there's ever a time, it's now type of thing. And I think that's scary, kind of, because, like, you don't know if that's a good school. Or, like, you don't, like, especially being a woman, you don't know how they're going to treat you whenever you get there. So I think that that is quite scary for a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, there was no one that I could, like, ask, like, hey, can you vouch for these people? I I have no idea. I'm just trying my luck and hoping that they're nice to me. And I remember when I first showed up. Uh, there wasn't that many women. I swear the one class I went to, there was like all men and they were all standing there and they were like, it looked all menacing. And then I walked up and I said, hi, I'm here for class. And they were all super nice. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was just so nervous because they're all like these big dudes, but everyone was super nice to me like from day one. So it was like, I got really lucky because, you know, as I go more into the industry, I learned more about like, you know, like how I couldn't have been so lucky, you know, like I, I am super grateful I started when I started because my experience could have been more negative you know, if I, I came in a little bit earlier, because obviously some things are a little bit better, but some things used to be worse in the industry. Well, then you show up at this dojo and they're like, oh, and here's your trainer. By the way, he's like one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet today. <laughs> yeah, so, I actually like, so I don't even know who he was. Out yeah. <laughs> he was just like, hi, I'm a mill. And I thought like, we always joke, I mean, another student had the same like interaction. He just like it said it like hi like I'm a male like he was just like a student just like chilling and then like he got up and started teaching I was like oh what the heck and then he starts teaching and he's oh my god he's really good and then we're adding each other on social media and I said holy shit the things this guy has accomplished and he's just teaching me here at this random school in Montreal Nord like what is going on like I had no idea because he was just you know just hanging out like just being you know down to earth type of person that he is because he's, like, super non, like, imposing or anything and, like, the nicest person ever. So, like, I could see, like, you just, like, talking to him, like, you know, you're not the greatest wrestler in the world. You know? Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I obviously could see that he was talented, but I had no idea to an extent, like, the things that he accomplished. Because 
yeah, I didn't know that people in Montreal were doing all these like, you know, great things in wrestling because all I knew was like mainstream, like WWE type stuff. We should say for our listeners who maybe don't know, we're talking with Speedball, Mike Bailey. <laughs> yeah. All time fave here at Grid and Glitter. So you've trained under, you've had a couple trainers at IWS and you've done seminars, I'm guessing, and classes here and there at, at other locations too, right? Yeah. So what? But specifically, what's it like training under under Speedball? Like, what does he bring that's different than maybe some of the other places you've been or other people that you've worked with? What's he taught yeah. you? So, like, everything he does, it's like he thinks about what he's doing before he does it. It's like some people will be like, okay, go run the ropes. But he'll be like, well, how many steps are you taking? Just like everything. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, he'll just always make you think of things in a different way. But also, like, even when you're just, like, planning a match, he'll, like, just teach you to look at different perspectives. Like, one thing that I always remember for him is, like, you go into a wrestling match and sometimes things don't go as planned, right? Like, you'll try to practice with a person, but sometimes things will go wrong. And then some wrestlers will come out of it saying, well, that person did this bad. But then his perspective will be, well, well, did you watch their stuff? Did you see that they could do this move? Then why did you do it with them? Did you practice it with them? Okay, well, then if you didn't do this, 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 if you didn't do everything you could to mitigate all the mistakes, well, then it's it's, it's not all that person's fault. It's actually 50-50. Like, you can't just blame a person. So, like, I'll just, like, make you think of things in a, in a different way. Like, how could I be mad if I didn't do everything I could in the same time, too? So that, that's just, like, one thing. He just, like, really thinks of things very differently and just, like, working with the person to have, like, the best match possible that we both can have type of thing, like not just like doing what you want to do, but like what you should do with that person. You know, like you might have these super cool moves, but that person will not take them that well. So maybe like, oh, they take these moves really well. So maybe I'll do those moves instead. Like he's just very like not selfish and like just kind of understanding, you know, type of coach in a way. But also like, you know, we're talking about, oh, he's so nonchalant. He's so like kind, but as a coach, he was very strict. Like, you know, it was very different. Like it was, we got so much done in one, like one class. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I can see that, like whenever he would have his matches with like someone like Nick Gage or the one he just recently had with Santana Jackson, like you can tell, like he's doing like moves that works with that person, which is going to be completely different than like, what he would do if he went up to against like Gringo Loco or something like that, you know? Like he really tries to like study the person. Cause that's another thing a lot of people don't do is like, they don't like, you'll have a match coming up with someone and then you'll go and you'll watch their stuff, but they don't watch your stuff. So they'll say, what do you do? And it's like, that's one thing he always said, well, you should be watching everything everyone's doing, knowing their moves, knowing what they did last time. So you have like, you know, our, you know, some ideas, but also just like knowing like, okay, they do this move. I actually never did that move before. So I can go to the dojo and I can practice it to figure out if I can do it well. Like, that's just something that he does. Like he studies people and he studies people around him to know that, you know, just what everyone is doing. Yeah. I mean, in a typical week, say you have two bookings in a week, that means in the entire seven days, 24 hours per day, you're only really spending like maybe 20 to 30 minutes in a ring, in front of a live crowd, wrestling, a match. Everything else 
is outside of that. Everything else, that's like the important stuff is the training, is the prep, is the thinking of like, how do we make this different? How do we work together? How do we pull off this cooperative performance? Because wrestling is, yeah, it's like being in a band or being in like a comedy duo or something where it's like, I've got to rely on this other person and find out what their strengths are, maximize both our strengths. So we both come out of this looking amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not just like showing up for that one show. It's like preparing, like you go, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, you could just show up, but if you come up with all these ideas and the other person comes with ideas too, then you just have some, so much more of like a, you know, fun experience. So your first matches were on Friday night speedball, which Mm -hmm. now did that make you like think about wrestling matches a little bit differently? especially since you don't have like the traditional ring and traditional matches and stuff like that. Yeah. Like going into those matches, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to make people do anything too big because we don't want to get hurt. We're not in an actual ring. So what else can I do? But one thing that was really good about that, it was that, okay, well then I can just do some silliness. I can have some character work. Like I always credit Friday night speedball for really like pushing me to get out outside of my shell, my shell because I would have to, like, we do silly matches. Like, how could you just be, like, boring robot if you're, like, doing, like, a silly, like, hat, hat royale where everyone's trying to take a hat off of the other I person. love the hat royale. Like, it just makes you be silly. So, yeah, that's just something, like, you think of, right? Like, okay, well, I can't do, like, a Canadian Destroyer, but, like, what else could I do? Oh, I can do comedy, you know. You can do this little spot, and you're interacting with, like, the chat, too. So you're not just going to do whatever you want. You're actively reading what people are, like, you know, liking or what they're not liking or what they're saying. And maybe you're responding to that and what you do. And I, I did come up with one. I did invent one of the matches you were in. The, oh, yeah. Which one? The reverse Christmas tree ladder match. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, they're always like mayhem. I'm like, what, what are we doing? But, like, I don't want to stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand this, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm down. I'll, I'll be there. I'll try my best. <laughs> Yeah, I remember once we had, like, a Jenga one, too. Like, it's just, like, there's never just, like, a, a regular, like, story going on. You didn't have to do, like, the hot chip one, did you? I almost did, but then I think – I can't exactly remember, but I think it was a tag. Me and my partner, Alex Mays, it was mm-hmm. us against Speedball and uh, the animal, and they lost or something like that, and they had oh. to eat it, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was fun, because I don't think I could have handled all of that. Like, I like spicy, but not like that. <laughs> you and Speedball both share martial arts backgrounds. How does your jiu-jitsu and your Muay Thai experience influence your wrestling? Yeah, well, he definitely has more of an extensive background than I do. Like, I trained, like, here and there. But I would definitely say, like, it's not even my background that influences my style. I would say, like, he influences my style because I look up to him so much and he's who's trained me. So I I wouldn't really credit like, yeah, I do like to do kicks and stuff like that because I did like some Muay Thai, but it's, it's really just like him inspiring me that like, I guess translates into the ring because, you know, like there's a lot of people that I study, but it's his matches that I study probably the most. Like every time he gets announced for a match, I'm watching it, I'm learning so I don't know if I would really credit my my background because, you know, I don't have like a bunch of like a black belt like he does. But I, I would definitely credit like his influence on me. So what's your favorite speedball match? 
Oh, that's a hard question. That's like, come on, like, who's your favorite child? <laughs> that's like a favorite kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think. Like, he had, I, I always say, like, um, his match against Yoshihiko. Yeah. My favorite ones are, like, the most recent one, too, he had with Gringo Loco, just because I love, I love both of them so much. Like, the things that they can, like, just accomplish, like, in the ring, like, they're just, like, the greatest matches. So that, that would be my pick. In terms of your own accomplishments, this past May, you and Alex Mays, you win the IWS Take Team Championship. It means you're the first woman to hold IWS Take Gold. Belts have been around for 21 years. Belts have been held by Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, Angela Parker and Matt Menard, Mustache Mountain. You're the first woman in that lineage to hold that gold. And then I read this interview with you where you say, when the match started, you didn't even know you were going to win. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that doesn't, no you, that idea, doesn't like, often happen in wrestling. No. Yeah, like we had a whole ending planned. We had no idea. Like it was the ending was that they were going to win. And we're like, oh, whatever. We don't care. We're getting the opportunity to face like, you know, like a tag team that's very established at IWS and wrestle one of our coaches as well. Shane Hawk is our other coach. So we're like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is just a benefit for us. Like, so we're going out there and we're planning the match too. And certain things weren't making sense. And then later on, we realized, well, that's why it didn't make sense because we weren't doing it anyways. But we went out there and we just trusted them. And then, you know, we're doing stuff. And then I just remember hearing the bell ring and I was like, what's going on? And then I just see Alex crying in the ring. And I was like, I just, I actually felt like I was, I was just like, I just froze because I had no idea what was going on. So that was kind of a cool moment because it was actually like a genuine, like we're not acting like in moment. We're like really feeling these emotions because we did not expect it to happen. It's really like the, it's like the ultimate wrestling rib. In yeah. that, in that <laughs> it's like so kind hearted. Yeah. Like he, I think what Alex told me was that he pinned uh, Shane Hawk and then he just said like, uh, don't let go. And he was like, what? Like, I guess maybe he's telling me to, you know, do a tight pin, right? We're thinking, oh, he's my coach. Like, we have to do a tight pin. Like, you know, he's going to critique us on our pins. But no, he was just like, you know, don't fuck up what I have planned for you type of thing. And I remember, like, as Alex was pinning him, like, we did, like, a he's doing a moonsault. I'm doing a drop kick to the other outside to the other opponent. And then I'm trying to, like, punch him and get him down. And then he's just, like, holding me. And he says, congrats. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, I was so confused. But yeah, they really got us. And I, I do appreciate it because I don't know how I would have felt going in knowing that was going to happen. I might have been more nervous. Alex is such a, like, fun and, like, unique wrestler. How did you guys end up together? Yeah, so when I started at the dojo, Alex had been going for a little bit, but he stopped, obviously, because of COVID. So he was still kind of new, and we just kind of became friends because... Like, there was a lot of people that went to practice, but it was during kind of, like, COVID times where it was, like, you couldn't really do much. Things would stop a lot, so a lot of people would stop coming. So when we go to practice, it would really just be a lot of classes where it would be me, Alex, Speedball, and Nathan. So, like, Nathan Yarimovich, he wrestles for IWS as well. So it's, like, during that time, we kind of, like, created a bond, you know, we became friends. And then one day, like... uh Shane Hawk just decided to put us together like for a show and we're like okay we'll try it out like we do have a lot of things in common we like you know we're just silly together we ride together and then from then we just kept tagging and then we kept building like that friendship so it was really just like off training a lot together 
and just having the same passion because he would go to every class and be working super hard. So it would motivate me to do the same thing. So Montreal, obviously your main stomping grounds. Ottawa is not too far from Montreal, right? Like a couple hours? Yeah, like two hours. Okay, that's quite close because, yeah, like Toronto to Ottawa is six, seven hours. We're, we're a lot further yeah. away. Yeah, way, way further. But last month, you wrestled in New Jersey for Intergender Bonanza. Was that your first time outside of Ontario and Quebec? Yeah, that was. Yeah, like I've never wrestled anywhere besides those two provinces. So it was incredibly like I'm super like grateful for that experience because I met so many different people. I got to go to a different place to wrestle. Like, I, I'm super grateful for that because it was a lot of fun to just to be pushed because, you know, when you're wrestling the same areas, people start to get to know you. So they know like, oh, this is happening. Or once you do does this, we do this. But when I go over there, nobody knows who I am. So I have to work, you know, even harder to get a reaction, you know, type of thing. Yeah, you have to find a way to distill yourself down for people who have most likely never heard of you so that when you walk out the curtain they care about you because you only have you only have 10 minutes to make to make them care and uh, make them want to see you come back and go find you online exactly and like our match that we had was like we were up against these two like really big dudes right so me and alex were not the biggest people we're never going to be the bigger tag team so it was like we go out there and those guys they're beloved but like we're little tiny like you know but we got spunk you know we and we're a little scrappy, so we really had to, like, fight to win them over. And I, and I think we did because, you know, we just, like, didn't give up on it. Intergender wrestling is a big part of your career. And, like, obviously everybody here at this show, we love it. We know it's the future of the business. I don't understand why WWE, whatever, they're dinosaurs. I don't understand why AEW is so opposed to it when, you know, every other independent promotion pretty much loves intergender wrestling and embraces it. We, I, I just want to saw the Marvels. There was a teenage yeah, girl like, fighting grown adult men. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, like, I feel like there's a tasteful way to do it. It's just a matter of, like, finding how to do that. But a lot of people mainstream, I guess, like, they don't know how or, like, they're worried. Because there's always going to be someone that's not okay with it, no matter how tasteful they make it. But with any match, like, some people are not going to like it. You know, there's something for everyone. So, I don't know, maybe one day we'll see it. But I, I don't know, to be honest. But yeah, like, I definitely think there's ways to do it without making it seem like uncomfortable to some people that might, you know, not be used to it. Because I, I got to say, I feel like some of my family, too, like they didn't watch indie wrestling. Right. So coming to my shows and seeing me wrestle like these men, like it was uncomfortable for them at first. But as they grew to understand it and see it more like they're they're totally OK with it. You just like if you don't expose people to things, obviously they're going to be uncomfortable to it. On the back end, is there, like for you, is there actually any difference when you're planning out a match, when you're, with your mindset going into things, the gender of the person on the other side of the ring? Or is it just about, you know, personalities and size difference and whether it's, whether you're wrestling a, a dude who's bigger than you or whether you're wrestling Vanessa Craven, who's bigger than you, it's all the same, right? Yeah, it's all the same. It's like, it's really just size and personality. So like, oh, how would their personality react to this? And like you said, Vanessa Craven, like the way I wrestle her is a lot of ways I would wrestle like a bigger dude too. So it really is no different, you know? It's just size. First woman to hold IWS take gold. You make your American debut, big year for you. And then number 233 on the PWI Women's 250. 
that's n nothing to sneeze at at all, considering you're only a couple years into your career and you're already on the PWI list. And you're like, oh, like one notch above Mia Yim. Fucking Mia yeah, Yim. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> In 2023, you're a better wrestler than Mia Yim. So sorry. Sorry, Michin. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty incredible. I wasn't expecting anything. So to, to get that kind of accomplishment, it just makes me want to work harder to even just like keep keep doing that, keep accomplishing more. And a lot of these things, like I didn't know they were going to happen. Like I, I got a lot of these opportunities and, you know, you just never know where the year is going to take you. Like last October, it was like, so I've only been wrestling for like two, two and a half years. And last October I got kind of hurt for the first time ever. Like I played sports for my whole life and I got hurt. Like I got busted open. I had to get stitches and take a month off. And I really didn't know what that year, like 2023, was going to be for me. Like, I was kind of scared. I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should take it easy. Like, you know, I could get seriously hurt. And then I just kept pushing. And then, you know, just by pushing and working hard and promoting myself and showing up to seminars, like, well, like you know, when they happen, driving out two hours to go to those seminars or showing up to shows when I'm not booked, like all those things, like they paid off. So I really don't know what 2024 is going to be like because I didn't expect anything that happened to me or I didn't expect to wrestle anyone that I did in 2023 that I, you know, when I did. Like I got to wrestle Lefisto, Vanessa Craven, Nicole Matthews. Like these are all like Canadian greats in wrestling. So I'm super grateful and I hope that I can keep like accomplishing these type of things. This week I had a match with Ruby Riot too. Yeah, that was actually my first year she came to IWS we had a four-way, and I've never heard a reaction like that. Like, I had chills. I was so nervous. <laughs> She's Ruby. Yeah, everyone was going crazy. So, But she was so down to earth. Like, she was one of the nicest people to work with. She really helped us all because she knew that what she was there for, right, to help us through this, like, this match. And, you know, there's all these eyes on us. And we're not used to it, but she is. But she was super like, oh, do this to me or do it like this. You know, like, she really helped us a lot, like, to make us look good. And now do you, like, with all those names that you mentioned, um, do you ever get, like, intimidated by, like, some of those people that you're in the ring with? Well, the ones that I've wrestled, not so much. Like, when I first wrestled them, I was super nervous. Like, I probably was up for nights, and I was, like, doing privates with my coach to prepare, like, you know, practice their moves. But I've gotten to wrestle a few of them a few times, and you realize, wow, they're just people, you know? They're very talented people, but they're very nice. So that's one thing I'm very grateful. Like, not only are they really talented, but they're all really nice. So it makes it a little less stressful. But all this to say, I'm sure, if, you know, next week I get booked against Lefisto, I'm going to be like, you know, probably sleepless, but a little less sleepless than I was the first time. Like you said, no idea. We have no idea what 2024 is going to have in store for any of us. But do you have like a, a wish list or a whiteboard? For yourself of things that you want to manifest opponents promotions you want to wrestle for yeah definitely like i was supposed to go to vancouver's but that didn't end up working out because there was just problems with the show so i really would love to like go to different provinces in canada particularly vancouver because i was supposed to wrestle liza hall she wrestles out there and she's super awesome like i would just love to wrestle like liza hall like zoe sager like I just find like there's so many good Canadian wrestlers. I would just love to like for us all to be able to interact more with each other. But of course, like flights aren't cheap. And I, I would love to go back to the States because that was just really it was really motivating. It was just like it was just really cool to see like, wow, they get to do this, like, you know, like 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, oh, I wish, you know, so it was super cool just to see, like, what they have going on there, but just most of all, like, yeah, just, like, wrestle different people, because I like to just always push myself and learn more, so that would be a big goal for 2024. You need to get your tag team down here for WrestleMania weekend. I know. I honestly, I'm I'm hoping that I can go, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I, not to jinx anything, I am fairly confident we're going to see Chris Starr all over the American Indies in 2024. There's, uh, I don't know, Don, there's no good reason not, right? No, not at all. Especially <laughs> with the tag team. I, I, I love their tag team, too. But, yeah, her by herself, also amazing. Yeah, no reason why she should be on our, all over America, too. Yeah, like we got a taste, you know, a little taste now, and now I want to go back for more, like every month if I could. So I'm sure I'll I'll get that going hopefully in the new year. And obviously, I mean, you haven't had uh, the IWS Women's Title yet, which is no, yeah, I like how you said yet, yeah, because yeah, you know, just very very <laughs> odd that you that uh, for a woman to hold the take titles, but not, it's just nobody else has done that. So clearly, yeah, no, right, it's kind of a weird like pathway. <laughs> but yeah, some things just happen, I guess, the way they're meant to happen. And one day, I mean, last show I was back in the women's division, so hopefully I'll be back and I'll chase and maybe eventually get that title. Because I was close at one point, and then, you know, the tag division came along, and I conquered that, so now it's time to conquer the women's division, hopefully. I tell the cat to stop scratching. Please stop. I can hear you on the recording. It's very annoying. Okay, hello? Ah, I thought I muted it when I left. I don't think I did. I think I heard that. <laughs> You're all good. Okay, okay. I'm here. I'm professional, I swear. That's what I did. I didn't mute it. I just started hit recording. Okay, so I recorded all that. Perfect. Keep that in the interview. Keep it. <laughs> That's quality content right there. Okay, so, Abby Jane, I know you've been a big wrestling fan since about 2014. Before you started actually wrestling, were you one of those dorks who like hosted your own podcast, made fan pages, and all that stuff? Definitely. I mean, like when I was about like in high school, you know, I had a wrestling Instagram, so I would always post. I posted so much about wrestling. I would just talk about like everything that was upcoming, whatever I was watching, even if it was like not live, whatever that was old, just literally anything on my mind. I just needed to talk about wrestling in some way. So I was just always talking about it in some fashion, just such like a big geek. I wanted to know everything and I just wanted to talk about everything. And I was like to the point, it was like to the point where I felt like I talked about it so much. That I was like, there's no way like I have to do something with this and luckily that turned out to be wrestling itself uh, that's something i'm fascinated i'm always fascinated to hear about anybody i talk to is that moment when you decided i'm gonna try it i'm gonna go to wrestling school or i'm gonna give this a shot because you know i've been a huge wrestling fan my whole life and i that thought never crossed my mind i never thought i could do this i uh, this is something that i am capable of i feel like i don't really know when i even had that thought because 
it was almost like the first moment I saw it, there was just something in me. Cause I started watching like some of the first things I watched was like WrestleMania 30 because we got the WWE network when it came out at that time. I watched like some old WrestleManias with my family. WrestleMania three was when we watched a lot. It was like, I always knew that there was something in me that I was like, I, there's something about this that intrigues me and I want to know more about it. It was like so intriguing me and I felt like I could do it. But also at the time I was watching in 2014, you know, the women weren't really given the same kind of opportunities that they are now. So as much as I felt like I could do it, it didn't really hit me until like Bailey and Sasha Banks Brooklyn match where it was like, this is something that's possible for me. I need to learn more about this and like the actual processes of like, it's not just you start out and then you make it to WWE. Like what goes into training? What goes into the independent scene? What's happening on the independence? So it's kind of just like that process of how do you work your way up in this business once I realized that it could be possible for me like as a woman to get into it. And so it was the accessibility of seeing, especially a character like Bailey and NXT. Exactly. That relatability in the fact that she didn't look like Maurice or the Bellas or Beth Phoenix. Because, like, as cool as, like, I think all those, like, women that you just mentioned are, it was always, like, they're divas. Like, they're here, too. I always felt like they they were different than me and, like, WWE wouldn't want someone like me. And I also just didn't know about the independent scene before then. So me watching in 2014, it was, like, it wasn't possible for me. And then I saw Bailey show up in NXT at some point. And, like, I think my first thought was literally just, like, she came out and did her entrance. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, that's me. And so... I just kind of like fell in love with like her and just the idea that like this is someone who who looks like me, who acts like me and like being such a big character. Like she wasn't just a diva like everyone else. It was like she was her own person. It was like she was a superstar, not just a diva. And that kind of just helped me realize that like things things are changing and like maybe this is possible for me too. So how did you arrive at Camp Leapfrog? I started training at Chikara and of course after all that happened last year with that kind of like, you know, going down, we were kind of just left without anything and not not really sure what was next especially for some of us that haven't debuted yet and weren't able to get our names out there we were like where do we go from here and we did obviously know chris levin and sam laterna from uh, the time that they did spend at shikara so i got invited to just you know hang out at the first camp leapfrog and after a couple shows we went you know i went to camp leapfrog i was still training the entire time i think I want to try to give this a shot. I think I'm ready to maybe try to get out there and make myself known as a wrestler. And then at Christmas Trios, there was a spot open because a very good professional wrestler needed a trios partner. And I happened to be there. And so things kind of just worked out to where I managed to get myself in on that team. And things have gone pretty well since then, I think. Did you go to summer camp when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I spent... How many? I think I, I spent six summers at like this summer camp for girls up in New Hampshire, about like a week long. And, you know, we just did. We just got to do a lot of cool things. Like you know, we we're on the lake every day, lots of cool sports and just getting to be with other girls. I definitely got the camp experience from there. And Camp Leapfrog kind of brought me back to what I experienced for all those summers when I was like a kid, preteen, teenager. So when you're at Leapfrog and you're not in the ring, where can people find you? Are you on the lake? Or are you at the mess hall? Oh, I'm always outside on the lake. I love just being outside. Usually I can be found like drawing or even if it's like just watching or wrestling or whatever, I'll just like sitting in a chair and just being outside with a drink or something and just, you know, sipping on my iced tea and just taking some notes on some wrestling. You mentioned in a previous interview that you used to do musical theater. What was your favorite role? Oh, I've had some fun, some fun roles. We did 
I went to, I also went to like a summer camp where it was all based around musical theater. So it was more of like a day camp type thing. We like drive there and back every day. But we did kind of like this very short production of Beauty and the Beast, which was like, we, we just chose like a couple songs from it. And, but we got all, we went all out with the costumes and everything for it. And I got to be the wardrobe. So that was like a very fun, like definitely going out of my comfort zone with like the makeup that she had and the big boxish wardrobe that I had to wear. So it was kind of like a short role, but it was definitely the biggest role that I had in musical theater because I was very like new to it. That was like the biggest that I got. And then it was kind of just wrestling from there on out. And so that definitely took more of my focus from there. My camp did The Little Mermaid, but it was the entire camp. So there was something like a dozen Ariels, 15 Sebastians. And even still, the best role they could find for me was I was a wave. (laughs) I sat at the front of the stage. I crouched at the front of the stage with a piece of uh, cardboard kind of shaped like a wave that we painted blue. And I just kind of moved my arms in circles to make it look like there was water. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. That was the last year I went to camp and never went back (laughs) after that. I was so insulted. I love your gear. And it happened to be made by my teammate, Valerie Quartz. Can you walk me through the, uh, your gear a bit? How much of the idea came from you? How much was Val's idea? Oh, so that idea came from, I guess I was just trying to like figure out like what I would look like as a wrestler. And I just kind of felt like, okay, I feel like I, I'm not just going to have typical gear, I guess. I'm not just going to get like a top and shorts and whatever. I feel like there's not a lot of skirt scene in wrestling and I love wearing skirts and dresses and all that. So like, can I wrestle in this? And I figured as long as it was like short enough and made out of spandex that I probably could. So I just kind of drew up this like sketch with like a skirt and a top. And I felt like I would definitely wear knee high socks. And I found a way to fit kick pads and knee pads under the socks so that it would look like I'm wearing sneakers with them. And I came to Val with this idea because she had worked with a couple friends of mine before. So I just reached out to her and said, hey, would you be able to make gear for me? And at this point, I hadn't debuted or anything yet. So it was just kind of like telling her all about like what I wanted to be in wrestling, like when I was debuting. And she took that sketch that I made and she brought Lady into it to make the sketches for it. So it was just very Val is like so good at taking my ideas and just making them into something really cool. And she just like the colors that she chose are perfect. She knew exactly what I wanted from my gear. Yeah, the yellow is perfect for the wrestling way of sunshine. Like it makes per- oh. it it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I told her basically what color scheme I wanted, and she just took it from there and made it beautiful and glittery and sparkly. Like amazing, ten out of ten from Val. So I saw a sneak preview that you have some new gear in the works. Yes, I do. I'm so excited about it. I think I'm going to get it really soon. So I'm hoping that at the, the next show that I'm going to be on, that I'll be able to pull it out for the first time. That's, as you can see, it is comic book inspired, just because I thought it would look cool. Once again, like Val totally took that idea and ran with it with the little previews of the like comic speech bubbles that you can see in there. And the X-Men font on my name is perfect. And just the colors that she chose for are perfect. I, just, I can't wait until it finished and like everyone can see what it looks like because I am so excited about it. Going back to Camp Leapfrog, if you could invite any wrestler to Camp Leapfrog who hasn't been there before, who would you choose? I definitely want to make sure that some of my friends that haven't been with us since Jakara kind of went down for any reason, whether it's just they were busy or just they haven't been able to make it for whatever reason. I definitely want to make sure that all of them are able to come back and just kind of like experience how much like the friendship and community that we found at Camp Leapfrog, or at least that I've found. I'd love to see some of them come back, like Sonny Defarge and Cornelius Crummels hopefully can come back as a team. Uh, I'd love to see Hellwick and Frightmare come back. Uh, They're just like a bunch of cool old friends. That'd just be great to see again. 
got five months until the big Halloween special, so... Oh, yeah. Well, they got to be back by then. Yeah, you got time to work on Hell Wicked and Frightmare for sure. There we go. You're the oldest of eight kids. I sure am. <laughs> Have any of them uh, expressed any interest in getting into wrestling yet? So far, let's see. Let's go down the line. I think so far it's mostly like my um my youngest brother. He's about seven years old. He really like well he doesn't really like watching me wrestle because he doesn't like seeing me get hurt. <laughs> but he also like loves watching other people wrestle and he just loves wrestling in general. And I definitely like take time to show him how to do headlocks and wrist locks and everything. And and he just has a lot of fun. I don't know if he's. I mean, he's obviously really young. I don't know if there's any any interest there. But it's so like he. It's really fun even with like with our the age gap that we have that i'm able to like share something that i love so much and like he enjoys it too and like helping him learn everything that i love about it okay so about 11 he's got about 11 years to make up his mind yeah yeah you know give or take <laughs> okay i'll pencil in 20 2032 i'll pencil him in for an interview <laughs> there we go what is your favorite summer camp movie or tv show Ooh, oh i gotta think of some now for me it's race for your life charlie brown the movie where all the peanuts kids go to summer camp. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's your classic. All the boys are in one camp and all the girls are in another, but then they're in like a series of competitive adventures throughout the summer. Oh. Because Peppermint Patty is always super competitive. Perfect. I feel like I'm definitely blanking on some of my favorites, and I don't know why I can't think of any right now. I am a big fan of not the movies so much, but the books Percy Jackson. Obviously, like it's a summer camp, but it's just really cool because... I'm super into Greek mythology. And so when I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15, however, when I was reading that, that was like right up my alley. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. If Leapfrog was giving out Girl Guide badges, which one would you get first? Ooh, I think I'd probably just get some sort of like friendship award because I'm always like going or like I always talk to like my whenever I come to Leapfrog, like my first order of duty is just going around to say hi to everyone. I always have to ask everyone like what they did since the last show. I'm always just like just going from person to person like a butterfly or whatever, just like having to talk to everyone and seeing what they're up to. It's like been a couple months or whatever since I've seen them, maybe for most of them and so it's just like what have you been up to i just have to like talk to everyone because i just love everyone at the camp so much it's the uh, social butterfly badge and it has a little butterfly on it perfect it's the kind of thing i would love to have on on my jacket okay i'll i'll, uh, I'll put a call into val and see what see what i can do <laughs> last question what do you have planned for this summer Oh, this summer, I definitely love to go to the beach this summer because I didn't get to last year for obvious reasons, but I love going to the beach. So hopefully I get to go down there a couple times this year. My birthday is in the summer as well. So I always like trying to find fun things to do. And it is my 21st birthday this year. So maybe I can do something fun then just to celebrate that big milestone. And we'll see. Hopefully I'll just wrestle as much as I can and get to travel to more and more places. I'm just hoping that this will be a really good summer. 